0: We are on Ksubis Chav Zain Amad Aleph 27A2 in the Archul Gemara and we are beginning a new Mishnah. So far we have discussed different cases of concern that a woman was raped, uh, potentially uh, uh, trying uh, to seduce uh, the, the, the ones that have taken her, her captive um, in order to get out of, out of a death penalty. We discussed different different cases like that, so so far we discussed the case where she, as an individual, was taken as a captive, taken as a captive um and there there's a concern that uh she was raped and therefore cannot marry or stay married to a Kohen. We also discussed the cases where she's put in prison, and differences the differences of whether she was t- put into prison uh for monetary issues or whether it was for the death penalty, a capital crime. Um, we discussed all those different cases. So now the Mishnah, a new Mishnah, discusses another case. Uh, what happens if there's a certain city where there's a siege, the army puts a siege on that city, and so therefore the army is essentially is in control, nothing's going in, nothing's going out, there's a siege on that city. So all the wives of Kohana, we are concerned uh, that there that there was a rape, and therefore they are all forbidden to their husbands if their husbands are Kohanim. Or uh, the commentators point out, even if they're not married to Kohanim, but they cannot get married in the future; they're not allowed to, allowed to be married to Kohanim in the future. Out of this concern. Now, with regards to the question of, wait a minute, um, why why can't we assume or this, assume that? Uh, she ran away from the soldiers or she went into hiding. So at least according to Tosos, uh, one of the classic commentators on the page of the Gemara, he will explain the Gemara, as we will see shortly, uh, as asking these questions. He's going to say that the Gemara is actually asking these questions about why can't we just assume that uh, that she ran away. So we'll get there in a minute. Uh, But in general, before we get there, uh, we're assuming now that there's this uh, there's a serious concern that uh, maybe she was raped and so therefore she's not allowed to stay married to a Kohen and she she's not allowed to, in the future, uh, have a marriage with a Kohen. However, if there are witnesses who testify and it doesn't have to be regular halachically acceptable witnesses but even if it's a slave who in general is not believed but these witnesses are believed because we have a general principle that uh, the whole concept to begin with, when they are taken into captivity, like in this case uh, where there's a similar to captivity, uh, where we're stringent to say that they cannot marry Cohen, but will because of that, we will be lenient to allow um, all, basically all forms of witnesses or many forms of witnesses uh, who in general are disqualified, they'll be acceptable in this case because we'll we'll have we'll counteract the stringency with this leniency to allow them to testify. However, a person is not believed on their, um, on their own behalf. A person, she cannot say that uh, she was not raped. She's not believed to say that she was not raped. Um, that's not acceptable, but we can have other people testify, even if those people are in general are not uh, halakhically valid witnesses, but they'll be able to testify in this case. Okay, that is the case of the Mishnah. So let's begin the Gemara. The Gemara... Is going to initially quote a contradiction about whether or not uh, are we concerned that soldiers will have the time to engage in other activities other than their responsibilities as a soldier. So the Gemara says Romina, we have the following Mishnah in a different Misachla, in a different tractate in a Vodasara that says as follows Baleshes. If we have uh, soldiers, it sounds like these are specifically soldiers who are like spies. Or really, they're, they're searching for hidden treasures, really. Uh, not spies, but they're, they're, they're searching for, for things that are hidden. Um, and they come to the city. So there's the following law. Bishah shalom, when it's during a time of peace. So then, Chavios psuchos asuros, stumos mataros if it's time of peace, so then we say that, you know what, it's time of peace. They have time to roam through the city. And so therefore, if there's certain open barrels of wine, if it's an open barrel of wine, so then we're concerned that they use that uh, wine for idol worship. Uh, and so therefore, we cannot drink from that wine. It would be forbidden to, to drink from that wine. However, if it's a sealed barrel of wine, so then we know that they didn't use a sealed barrel of wine. It's closed. They never opened it. And so therefore, it is permissible to drink from that barrel of wine. However, and this is the main point, Bishas Melchama, when it's a time of war, so then Eluve Elumutaris. both are permissible. even the barrels of wine that have been opened, that are open that we see that they're open. why? because there's no time for the soldiers to uh, pour libations, to perform this act of idol worship with the, with the wine. they just don't have time. So we seem to have a contradiction. In our mission, we assume that they have time to uh, rape the women in the city, but over here where they, uh, they don't have time. During the times of war, they don't have time to even to do the uh, to the, do the wine libations for their idol worship. So do they have time or do they not have time? So the Gemara answers, this is now moving on to 27A3 in the Arts of Gemara, two answers. Answer number one is as follows. Amar of Mari, live That uh, to engage in uh, in sexual activity in when they're raping these women, so that they have time for. But when it comes to the pouring of the wine libations, so then... That they do not have time for. Now, this is an important point that uh, in terms of time, uh, pouring the, the wine libations probably takes less time than it is to uh, engage in sexual activity. Uh, however, when it comes to having enough time versus not having enough time, it's not just about the amount of time that it takes, but it's about the desire to do that action. And that uh, if I want to do it, so then I'll make time for it. So these soldiers, if they essentially, what gemara is answering is that if they, if they want to do it, uh, and engage in this sexual activity and, and to rape these women, so then they'll make time for it. But when it comes to the, uh, to the, to the wine libation, so that they're not not as interested in, and so therefore they don't have time for it. Uh, so that's uh, also a very important point, that if we, if we want something, so then we'll make time for it. That is all answer number one, that there's a difference between uh, the wine libation and for the for idol worship and uh, engaging in this sexual activity. Answer number two is as follows. Rubyethakh Amar says, answer number two, Kan We will explain this according to Tosvos. This is different than Rashi, but we'll explain this according to Tosvos. Basically, if it's a siege on their own city, a city that is uh, a part of the kingdom, it's still uh, it's a part of the kingdom, it's not an enemy, so then they have time. So that's the case uh, where they have time and they could uh, walk around and, um, and uh, unfortunately uh, they could do whatever they want. Uh, and so therefore in those cases, we are concerned that they'll have enough time perhaps for both for, to engage in sexual activity and for the idol worship. But when it's they put a siege on a different kingdom, so there's always this concern. They're always nervous and scared of the enemy coming and attacking them. So then they don't have time uh, really for either. They wouldn't have time for either. So asks the Gemara, and this is the question that we, we addressed already from the beginning of the Mishnah, when we did the Mishnah, even when they have time. Let's say they do have time. This is just a general question. They, let's say they, they do have enough time to walk around. But why should that make it that all women in the city now are not allowed to marry a Kohen? I don't understand. Is it impossible that one of them just uh, ran away? Can't we assume that one of, you know, each for for each person, we could, we could assume that the, that particular person, that that woman, that girl, she ran away and she was not, Nothing happened to her. Uh, why why do we have to assume that everybody in the city now is no longer allowed to marry a kohen or they have to get divorced from their husband who's a kohen? Why do we have to assume that? Let's assume that for each one they ran away. So the gemara answers: No, we're talking about a very specific case. According to this, the gemara says we're talking about a specific case. The cases where there's uh, first thing, where says the the position of the guards. They're watching over. They're seeing where everybody's going, and essentially, people cannot run away. There's no opportunity for people to run away. So the Gemara says, "Oh, But is it impossible? Is it really impossible for the guards to stay up the whole time? They'll, they'll have moments where they're asleep, where they're not paying attention. Isn't that true? So Amar, believe you believe, he says, "You know what the case is, and this is the case. This is the case where where we're going to be stringent." Uh, according to Tosos, it's Kagon to the Vigaviza, It's a case where essentially they there's, there's it's like there's barbed wire. Nobody can escape. There is no opportunity to escape. It's surrounded. Their form of barbed wire in those days was with chains, dogs, spikes and geese that they're gonna make loud noises, they, they, it's hard for them to, to run away. No, they, they, we, we are uh, Nobody has the ability to run away. It's it's like it's like, uh, like there's barbed wire that everybody's surrounded. There's no opportunity for people to run away, and that's the case where we will be where we will be uh, stringent. It, it, the implication is that if it wasn't that case, if it was a case where there was just a siege, but there there is some form of an opportunity for for them to escape. We'll we'll assume that uh, that that maybe that each person that's the one who who really escaped and is therefore allowed to marry a Cohen or allowed to stay married to a Cohen Okay. So that's uh, that's that case. The Gemara now just uh, quotes an argument as to whether or not we're concerned uh, for this. Uh, let's see the Gemara, the next few lines. Um Rabbi Abba Barzavda Rabbi Abba bar Zavda said, There's a following dispute between Rabbi Huda Isha and the Rabban. Amar Kan Shal Vilokasha uh, one said that the same distinction that we made that if it's in, within your own country, the siege is within your own country, so they have enough time. So that's when we're concerned. But if it's a different country, the enemy is always, always this fear that the enemy will always attack. So therefore, they don't have enough time. So he never They never that first opinion didn't have difficulties at all about uh, about whether or not uh, she could run away. But the other opinion Kohani, The other person had had these questions, and they answered. And Rishani could go into the that The answer was that no, even though you would think that she could run away, uh, but they were basically surrounded and uh, guarded and uh, there was no opportunity for them to run away because they essentially had their form of barbed wire. OK. That's that's what the Gemara says. OK. So that's all with regards to whether or not she could escape. Could she escape the city? Maybe Maybe this is a person who escaped the city. The Gemara now asks a slightly different question. A slightly different question. Uh Essentially, the Gmar asks that, well, if in the city, okay, fine, we explained why they can't escape the city because there's barbed wire. It's impossible for them to escape the city. But maybe there's a hiding place. Maybe there's a hiding place and we could assume that for each person individually, we could assume that each one was in that hiding space so that they weren't Uh, They weren't taken advantage of and they weren't raped. Why can't we assume for each one that they were in that hiding space? And so that's the question of the Gemara. It is interesting, Tosos notes, that it is interesting that the Gemara takes it as a given, that if they had the opportunity to run away, if they had the opportunity to run away, so then we would say that, you know what, they, they ran away and therefore they're permissible to a Kohen. But when it comes to the hiding place, the Gemara presents it as a question. Uh, could we assume that they went into this hiding place? Why, why do they have it as a question? But when it comes to running away, it's not a question. So he explains, Tosos himself addresses this. And he explains uh, that uh, if, when it comes to running away, if somebody has the opportunity to run away, so then they're for sure going to attempt to run away. They will for sure run away. Um, however, when it comes to a hiding place, So it could be that they just don't know about the hiding place or they don't want to take such a risk. What happens if they do go into hiding and someone catches them? Um, So when it comes to hiding places, there's more. They might not know about it and there might be more at stake. Uh, When it comes to the ability to run away, if people know about that ability to run away, so then we assume that they will in fact uh, run away if there is that opportunity. So so it's a question. When it comes to hiding, could we assume that everybody was in that hiding place? Now, how many people could fit into that hiding place? If you have a whole city of uh, people – How many people have to fit within that hiding place? So I don't know the exact uh, threshold, but there has to be – it doesn't have to be uh, the majority. It could even be a minority. Uh, This is what uh, some of the commentators point out. Um, It could be a a small number. Um, But the Gemara is about to ask, what about if it's a very, very small number, like only fits one person? The hiding place only fits one person. Could we assume that each and every single person uh, was in that place? Obviously, it's impossible, but uh, could we – judge and when we have to make a decision for each person, could we be lenient and say, you know what, maybe that person was in that place or maybe the next person was in that place. We have to uh, give a a ruling for each individual, so maybe we could assume that each individual was in that place. So that's going to be the next question of the Gemara, but until now, before the next question of the Gemara, we're assuming that it doesn't have to fit everybody, but as long as it can fit a certain number of people, so then we uh, we will be... um, uh, sorry, we will allow, we will allow for, uh, for, um, we will allow for each and every person to be assumed to be in that hiding place because it's more than just for one person. Okay, so the Gemara now asks mahu ha The Gemara asks what well, we just mentioned that we would ask. What if there's only room for one person? There's only room for one person. Could we say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have to give a ruling for each and every individual. And we'll say, you know what, this one, was she in the hiding place? Yes. Could we could we assume she was in the hiding place? Yes. Next one, could we assume that she's in the hiding place? Yes. Why would we assume that each one's in the hiding place? Because uh without knowing that there was for sure a rape here, so then we could rely on the Khazakh on the status quo that she's allowed to be with a Kohen. And if there's a way out, there's a, there's a way for us to assume that she's still allowed to be with a Cohen. so then we'll go with that, that way out. So for each and every individual, we'll say, you know what, was she in that hiding place? Yes. We can rule for each and every single person to say that maybe she was in that hiding place. no, no, maybe we don't say that. So could we assume that each individual uh, was in that, that hiding place? So we're now on the first column of 27A4. So the Gemara wants to compare this to the following case. The following case is brought up in a few gemaras. This is an interesting case. So we have the following case. It's uh, referred to as the case of the two paths. So we'll just uh, say it outside first. That we have basically two paths. We have two paths um, and let's say you have two people. One went down one path. One went down the other path. Uh, they forgot which path they went down. They walked down. But in one path, we know for sure it's impossible, but it's impossible to walk past it without becoming impure. Let's say there's something there that makes them impure that's along the road, along the entire road. And the other path, there is no such thing. So one person is for sure impure. The other person is still pure. We just don't know which one's which because we don't know which person took with which path. They don't know. They don't remember which path they took. But one of them is for sure impure. So we don't know. We don't know. So what is the ruling? So in general, because this is in a public domain, there's in general there's a principle that when it comes to a question of uncertainty with regards to the laws of purity and impurity in a public domain, in general we are lenient. We should be lenient. Uh, the concern here, and that therefore really, according to the letter of the law, each person, we have to figure out each person on their own, and we should be lenient to say each one, maybe they went on the path that was fine, that was, that was tahor, that was pure, that was not impure. That's what we should assume. However, on a rabbinic level... Uh, There is potentially a concern that this looks strange. To say that each one is tall or each one is pure, it looks strange. It's impossible. Somebody, somebody, one of the two went down the other path that had the impure, uh, the impurity there. So one of them is for sure impure. So to say that both of them are pure, that we're judging each one, we we pass and we rule on each one individually, it looks strange. In the end of the day, it does look strange. So uh, let's see this inside. So what happens if you have these two people, right? Each one walks down one of the paths and then touches something else. So we're trying to figure out, is that other thing impure or not? Rebhuda says, Rebhuda says, if each person asks individually, they ask uh, the based they ask the court, uh, is the thing that I touched, is it pure, is it impure? We'll say it's pure because we could be tola, we could uh, assume that he went down the other path. Because that's the concept of a, a, an uncertainty in a public domain, we can be lenient. If the next person asks later, we'll be lenient to them as well. However, on a rabbinic level, if they both ask at the same time, so then we have to be stringent. Because it looks strange, it looks weird, because for sure one of them went down the path that was impure. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabiosi argues in Rabbi and says, no, Bangkok or Bangkok's domain. Even if they ask one after the other, they are both impure. Now, what does that mean? So the Gemara qualifies this. So let's see the rest of the Gemara. What's really going on here? Everybody agrees that if they ask at the same time, these two people ask at the same time, that they're both impure because it looks strange. On a rabbinic level, this looks strange to say that they're both pure, therefore we have to assume, we have to rule that they're both impure. However, if they call One after another, everybody agrees that they're both pure. If they ask one after another, everybody agrees that they're both pure. What is the whole argument about? Where you have one person who asks about themselves, they get a ruling, and they themselves, that same person, asks about their friend. They want to now know about their friend. So that's where the argument exists. One opinion says that's comparable to asking all at once both of them being present and asking at once where we say we have to be stringent because it looks strange this is one person asking about himself and his friend so then we have to be stringent the other opinion says that no this is equivalent to asking one after another because technically he asked one after another so uh, it's the same person asking but he asked first about himself then he asked about his friend so therefore we would have to we could be we could be lenient that's that's what the argument is about but the point is this is where the whole question is hachanami came into asks in our case, when we're ruling on all the women of the city, to assume that each one was in this hiding place, we're, we're ruling on each one individually, that is equivalent to uh, a case where we, two people are coming uh, together uh, to, uh, to ask the question where we should be stringent. We should be stringent, at least on a rabbinic level. We have to be stringent because it looks strange. For us to say that each of these women was in this hiding spot, it's impossible. Only one could be in that hiding spot. There's only room for one. So it looks strange. It could be that on a biblical level, make our din by the letter of the law, we, because we have to rule each one individually, we could be lenient. But in the end of the day, it looks strange. So, uh, so how to, so, so we should really be stringent in this case. Sigmar says, no. Perhaps there's even room for leniency. There's a big difference between the two cases. When it comes to the two paths, where one person went on one path, one person went on the other path, somebody for sure with certainty became impure. Somebody has to become impure. So for us to rule all at the same time that both of them are pure, that is very strange. But when it comes to the women in the city, so we don't even know. This is there's a concern that somebody was raped. It's a concern. We don't know with certainty if anybody was raped. So to make a ruling to say everybody is 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 allowed to stay married to their cohen, they can marry a cohen. It's not as it's not it's not as strange because it's possible. Still, there's a hiding place for one person, but it's possible that nobody was raped. It certainly is possible. So it's not such a strange ruling. So therefore, one could entertain the possibility to say even if there's a hiding spot for one person, that will allow us to be lenient for everybody in the city. Everybody in the city would be allowed to marry a or stay married to a Kohen. Okay, we are on the bottom of Chavzayim and 27A on the last line, and we'll continue this discussion in the next recording.